Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Celebrate You, the podcast for personal development, career growth, entrepreneurship, and money. And many of us during the pandemic have started a little passion project or have grown our passion projects. And many of us have done that in the food industry. And that is why today our guest will take us through the survival guide to make this happen. So today we have Pilar Garcia. She is the founder of Pendulum. And basically what she does is she works with independent restaurants so that they can become more profitable. So Pilar, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Moni. Thank you. And hi, everyone. Um, I'm very excited to be here and having this chat with you. Thank you. Okay, so, yeah, like I said, many of us started passion projects during like this year and a half of the pandemic. But this topic is super important because we just started out of boredom or just like passion, basically. Uh, and sometimes we may have missed the thinking process of all the numbers, the financials, the money, and you're an expert in all of this. So can you tell us a little bit about you, what you do, Pendulum, and where do you fit in this picture? Yeah, sure. So well, I think it's very important what you said. Um, well, I work uh, with Pendulum. Pendulum, what it is, is an app that does cost control for restaurants. And what it does is to track uh, all those uh, key, perform key performance indicators that are very important for the restaurants, like the food cost or the staff cost. Uh, those are the two main ones because they're costs that you can control. And there are others that would be fixed, like the rent or something else. Um, so it's very important to control the ones we can't, uh, you know, we, the ones we have an impact on them. Um, so that is what Pendulo does as an app, and I also do consultancy and trying to help independent restaurants, and I also do training, because I think that if people don't understand the why do they need to do that, why do they need to control this, or why do I need to get this ratio, or... It's very hard if you don't understand the why to actually do something. Um, so I, I do help independent restaurants, but I've been helping a few friends that this time they were like, oh, you know, I want to do this. I'm very excited. And, and they say, okay, okay, if you're going to do it, let's do the numbers. Because I feel like sometimes you need to do the numbers before you even start a business. Because... Um, yep. If you don't have an idea of how much you need to sell your products or like uh, how much of your product you need to, to sell to make it profitable, and what is the price, what is the cost, how much you need to sell, what is your break even point, the number of sales to you know cover all your costs. And this sounds like a lot of maybe a bit complex or a bit overwhelming for some people that They don't like Excel spreadsheets and they don't like maths that much. But um, I recommend everybody that um, they do uh, this exercise. If they don't know how to do it on their own, to call someone because with very basic information, you can understand if the business 
will be profitable or not, or what you need to do to make that business profitable. So I've had uh, yeah. actually talk with a couple of friends and give the, some numbers for them. I mean, one of them was um, shampoo and conditioner, like very natural, and everything was, you know, um, in zero plastic. And so the credit is very, very nice. But when we did a bit of the costings and all that, she realized she had to change her business model because she was never going to make a profit if she was going to do it that way. So, yeah, that's my biggest advice. Like, I, I am really a dream crusher <laughs> because people come like, oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, if you do this like that, it won't happen. So, I mean, it's not a dream crusher. I think it's good. They're telling you kind of do it like that. So we work on a way of making it profitable. Yeah. So that that example, it's such a beautiful example because it's like exactly friends uh, starting the cake cakes business or food delivery business or exactly soaps, things like that. In your opinion, other than probably not looking at the numbers, what are the biggest mistakes that people do when starting a business like that? Well, I think. Some people, when they, they they think about the sales and they don't think about the real profit. Because uh, actually you mentioned a cake business and I know someone. And I said, but if you do it that way, you have to sell 200 cakes. And you're, you're working in your kitchen. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Is it any better to increase the price because she had a very high profile? And she was like, oh, yeah, maybe... Yeah, so maybe you sell, you know, 30, but they are at the better prices. I think is you need to think about all the areas of the business before you go and say, yeah, I'm going to do this. Because I think it saves you a lot of mistakes. Just the basics of finance, the basics of operations, the basics of, uh, you know, like with fulfillment. Like some people are like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be selling this online. Okay, but then you need to post it and you need to have a guarantee or you need to have an insurance and, you know, it's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are very, really good points because many people think about the basics of marketing. <laughs> but no, can you guide us through the First, the basics of finance, and then the basics of fulfilling. No. fulfillment. Well, the basics of finance is like it depends. For example, I'm an expert in the restaurant industry, and I know what are the ratios we need to get. Like, what is the food, cost, the staff cost, uh, rent, marketing? Where are our percentage, and how much we need to spend in each category to actually, at the end of the day, make a profit. Because some people say like, wow, they make 50,000 pounds a week in sales. Yeah, but maybe they are not making any profit, you know? So it all depends. Um, so I think in every business, you need to be aware of, of, of that. What is how, What are the ratios of your business and where you should be? in order to make a profit because sales can be done, but it's about profit. So that works for everything. And, and then in terms of um, fulfillment, let's say like for people that want to have a, 
an online uh, business. It's like sometimes Amazon gets a commission if you do it with Amazon. Then there are like um, there are storage places where they actually store the thing for you, and then they they also post it. But you need to usually they pay you pay a fee plus uh, a fixed amount per item. So all this is already you know exactly true. cutting your margin cutting your margins and if you don't know all this before you start you are like oh yeah if i sell um one thousand of this thing that costs uh, 100 i'm gonna be rich and then once you start like taking all the cost it's like oh my god you know so yeah it's uh, i think it's interesting and in some business in, in hospitality what happens a lot is that we are very lucky in a way. We get the money first. You know, the customer comes, they eat, and they pay us, which in other business you have to wait like 30 days, 60 days to get paid. So fantastic, we get the money. Yay, we look at our accounts. We're rich. We're super happy. And then we start paying suppliers, we start paying our team, and then we pay VAT, and, and then we pay rent. When, when we realize at the end of the month, we may have been operating on a loss, but because we have cash in our account, we don't realize that we are operating on a, on a loss consistently. And many restaurants has, they, they also have issues with um, cash flow because they, it's very different in time what you get in your account and then when you pay. So, yeah. And also, it's also a very common thought. Oh, I love cooking. I'm going to open a restaurant. Yeah. And it's not only about cooking, it's about managing a business. And, and I think sometimes people, sometimes we all lo get lost. I mean, it happens, it happens to me as well. You know, every time I think of an idea, I try to be like, I am my you know, my worst enemy. But what about this? What about that? What about, because I know that you were so excited about an idea that you really wanted to do it. And then I think it's good to talk to people about it and someone that you know can, that can be quite critical because, you know, if you cannot have an honest discussion with a friend or, or someone about your business and say, no, but this is my business idea and this is my business model and I can make it work. Okay, explain me how. And if you can go through that, then it may be able to happen. But uh, I think that those conversations need to happen. And, and it's usually people are like, oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. And it's like, well, that is okay, because if you really want to do it, it's okay to know all, all find the way. Yeah, and you'll find a way. I mean, I've changed. Yeah. I do a lot of things within Indula. Um, So it's... Uh, you know, I do consultancy and I help business owners to like put in place all the systems and procedures to make sure I train the team so they understand uh, how to do it. You know? And it's very simply, yeah. there are things, you would think that I'm talking about finances, but really it's like operations are completely linked to finances. So it's just, it's just an example, but there's something that they, they spend a lot of in a restaurant is blue paper. You know, these big rolls, 
Um, usually they grab it and they roll it three times and then they have every, um, every time they yeah. have no paper. So in one restaurant, I calculated that we used to spend 20,000 pounds a year in blue paper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So that is the thing. If you, well, it was a group of restaurants, but, you know, still a lot. And so this is the thing. If you have a dosifier that, you know, it only takes like two layers and that is enough to clean. It's just like we get the habit of like, using more and then there is wastage so that is a simple thing in operations that is completely linked to your um to your profit yeah 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 and every pound that you make in hospitality in the food industry for example in a restaurant if you if you make one pound more in sales that doesn't go to your profit to your bottom line you know because if you are selling one more pound, you probably have to, uh, you will have to, it's because you sell, you sold the dish that has a cost and some number of the stuff have to be there. So it's an extra cost. But every pound you save, that goes to your bottom line. Ooh. Yeah. So that is so powerful. It's a, it's, it makes a massive difference, you know? Every pound you earn is not what you get, but every pound you save it is. So, you know, and I like to work with owners. So they give incentives yeah. to their teams. So it's it's like a win-win. Like if, you know, I think that if the business is making more profit, then the, the team, the yeah. employees need to make a profit as well. And I always... You know, advocate for like um, profit share and transparency and a lot of things that I help. Yeah. I think that it helps the team to be involved and to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to enjoy more what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point because that at the end will also affect the bottom line. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, you touched on something very interesting that is uh, every pound you earn basically does not go into your profits, but every pound you save, it does go into your profit. Can you go over that again? That's a very interesting concept. Yeah, so for example, imagine that I sell you that we are, um, well, as you are Mexican, I'm going to give a Mexican example. Imagine that you sell guacamole, okay? So, and the guacamole, I don't know, in my, uh, I don't know anywhere else, but here in London, it's seven pounds or six pounds a dish. But to sell that, seven pounds, maybe the costing price of that dish is 250, because the avocados are quite expensive. So, imagine that it's 250. So, when I'm, even if you sell 7.5, you will still have to pay those 2.5 or whatever. But yes. So, but if you sell the same thing, and imagine that you don't sell that extra guacamole, but you have been able to save one pound in, for example, the blue paper that we're talking about, or or chemicals or cleaning products because some people use way too much. Um, then that thing that you're saving, that amount will go to your 
your borderline straight away. And, and it's, I always give an example that happens to all of us. And it's a bit silly, but I think that you will be able to, to kind of picture what I'm talking about in terms of overexpending. So imagine you're at home and you have um, a toothpaste, yeah? So, so when you have the whole tube of toothpaste, you go like, boom, and you put the whole, yeah. the whole paste in all over the, the toothbrush, you know? Um, and at the end of the, when the, the toothpaste is like running low, you start using very little, very, very little, like, oh, I managed to get a little bit out, and then you just put it. So really, kind of saving. yeah, you don't really need that much to, to brush your teeth every day. And the same thing at the restaurant, sometimes they, they use too many products on the, you know. Um, and that is, that is a way of like really making a profit because hospitality is not a money, it's not a business of, of pounds, it's a business of, of pennies, no? It's a saving little by little, you get the money. Um, and that's why, you know, McDonald's, for example, have made such massive profit because they have standardized everything, minimized their wastage. Um, they have uh, fine-tuned their operations. And, I mean, I love independent restaurants, but I can see the amazing work that some chains have done in, you know, in lining their operations and, and making, making their business very profitable. Yes, because actually, that's such a good point, because when you start as an independent restaurant or independent delivery business, you don't really think about that as in the mindset of the more optimized my operations process is and my purchasing system and how I consume everything that I need to produce my food. The more I optimize that, the more I can save, therefore, the more I can make. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that people try to save, but sometimes I think they try to save money in the wrong categories. Like, um, and I understand, because as a business owner, I can have the same issue. Like, sometimes you don't want to spend in marketing or PR, because you're like, oh, you know, I'm doing these adverts and they're not working and I'm not getting any return, but it's like, it's kind of a snowball. If you don't do it, you don't get, and then you don't really. So, and sometimes some businesses, they don't even get to that point of breaking even because they don't invest in, in marketing or PR or things like that. So they save, uh, let's say they save, they save in things they, they shouldn't be, saving and then in important things like understanding what are their costs or uh, you know they are not trying to sell to save in that and one of the biggest issues that I find in every 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 single food business is like in many cases the costings of the dishes are not done properly so yeah yeah I think that that is a very common mistake they you know, they, they do it in their heads, you know, 
they say, yeah, this cost me um, two pounds more, but really maybe it's um, 2.50. And that 50, at the end of the year, if you are selling hundreds or thousands of that product, it's a lot of money. So yeah. if they don't do the costings properly and you are, you know, then you need to price that product with the margin that you think you're going to, you should get. And some people, they don't even calculate the margin. They multiply by three or they multiply by four or they say, no, I think as a customer, I wouldn't pay more than this. Well, but you as a business, if you put it at that price, you're not making a profit. But I don't think okay. a lot of people work out of that. Like I, I do a lot of menu engineering with restaurants where I review, I review all their costings with them. And many times I, we put it together. I have a spreadsheet that is connecting like the ingredients with the cost. And then you just add it with the, with the, how much you use of each ingredient. Because it's important to have the costings right. Because sometimes you're like, what is your uh, food cost? And they're like, oh, it's a... Uh, 30%, and when you actually do the costing, it's like, no, no, your food cost is 40%. And they didn't know. Yeah, so the lesson here, yes, the lesson here is do your numbers properly. Take the time to put together a spreadsheet, add everything. You don't know how to reach out to someone who can help, <laughs> but then stop kind of assuming and guesstimating and just put it on paper so that you know what you're working with. Yeah, yeah, don't do it by, oh, I'm gonna, no, I have it all in my head. I was like, okay. I used to find, uh, I mean, I used to try to convince people, like, no, but really, like, if you do it this way, but then, you know, I realized that you need to, you need to see it yourself. And I mean, I, I made that mistake as well. I, in the big, sometimes I wanted to do everything. But I'm not good at being creative or like, for example, now I just, I just have a new video created for me and, you know, I hire professionals that can help me because we can't be good at everything. I mean, or we can be, we have a, we can have a good understanding of everything, but we can't be very good at not everything. the experts. So it's better yeah. to, and I, I mean. I raised my hand, I did that mistake in the beginning of wanting to do everything. Even even thought of learning how to code for the app, and then I was like, no, 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 no I have my developer team, and they do all the coding, even if I give them the formulas and how things need to work. But it's a, you think it's an expense, but it's not, it's an investment, which is different. Oh, that's beautiful. Can you explain in your brain what's the difference between an expense and an investment? Well, an expense is like, for me, something that you purchase and then you, you pay for it and it can have a use or not. Because sometimes, like, you know, uh, but for example, even a chair, it's for me, it's, it's not a, an expense, it's, a, it's an investment because that's an extra cover that you will be able to have at your restaurant and that it will last in time. So it's the same like with 
like a good video for your social media, for example, or good pictures. You will be able to reuse those pictures and that video in social media will be able to give you exposure. You will be able to reach people and it will be part of your brand identity. So I see that, I see it more as an expense, as an investment rather than just a purely so I think it's a, you need a change in your mindset because if you think that yes. everything is an expense you and you're tight, you won't expend anything. And then also there are people that not everything is an investment. They say, yeah, but you're going you're gonna to run out of cash. Um, so you need to find this balance. And I work with balance. Yeah, yeah, I work with very creative chefs and I'm like, no, but you cannot do that because you have eight elements. And operationally, it doesn't work because it's very slow. So to, to bring the food out is very slow. Um, every every element that you add to the dish is an extra cost. And, you know, so I, I kind of have to, you know, put creative people back into it and say, no, but you, you can't afford to do that. So you need to find a balance between you know, a creative dish with good ingredients and a good production, and but at the same time that is profitable for the business. Because sometimes, um, sometimes people tell me, "Oh no, but this is going to work. I really want to do this like this." And I'm like, "Okay, but what do you want? What do you want to have? You want to have a hobby or you want to have a business? Because if you want to have a hobby, fantastic, do that. You know." And I know I do that myself. Sometimes I have like a charity and I do things that I know that I shouldn't be doing because it's not business. Cost-wise. Yeah, yeah. cost-wise. But I just want to do it because sometimes, you know. But it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. And, yeah. and even in, in lockdown, I helped. I, I was giving consultancy for free because I just felt that a lot of people were lost. So we didn't charge our customers for the use of the app, and we and I decided not to charge for consultancy and trying to just help people. So we all do things that you know are out of the uh, that are not going to be comfortable, yeah, out of the budget and you know. yeah. But at least we need to know. We need to be aware that we're doing those things. It's like some people do it and they don't even realize that what they're doing is Correct. not profitable. That's a very good point because one thing is to say exactly like you and how you run your business and say, cool, I am giving this for free on purpose or I am running a charity and I'm over investing or I am running a podcast and I am investing in doing audiograms. <laughs> no, I don't have to. I just want to. Uh, yes, I'm paying to do that. <laughs> But it's a very conscious decision. Yeah. Unlike hey, having all these costs, assuming that you're profitable and, oh, oh, once you do your numbers, then you're not. That's a difference. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's a very good point. So I wanted to ask you, um, I saw on your Facebook page, you recently had a workshop on seven strategies to survive COVID as we reopen and the world is going back to normal. But there are things that we need to consider instead of just opening, assuming that everything is like it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. 
I mean, I've seen that there are people that haven't changed at all the way they used to work or their operations, and it doesn't make sense because they will have changed. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if anyone is interested, they can download them because it's a, even downloaded for free in the website is www.pendulofors.com. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll explain a few of them. So, for example, one of them is to work out what's your break-even point. So how much you need to sell in order to cover all your costs. Because sometimes yeah. at, at one point it was better to be closed than to open for, for the money you could get, you know, because there was nobody out there that would actually buy your product. Um, and then once you know that, it's not only in a restaurant, you don't only calculate it by year or by month or by week. You should go by shift. So what I've, what I've done with a lot of my restaurants is like, see, okay, this shift, you are not making a profit, so we're going to close it. Because the food cost and the staff cost is already more expensive than what we're getting on that shift. So, and, and a lot of restaurants are doing this. If you would see that now a lot of restaurants are closed at lunchtime because they, there are no offices, there is no trade. People are at home and they have lunch at home. So many restaurants have reduced the opening hours. And when you reduce your opening hours, you are reducing your staff costs because you, and you reduce yeah. your team. So you have also, um, it's easier to manage a smaller team. So that is something that you need to review shift by shift, checking how much does it cost you to have the restaurant open on that shift and how much money you make, because you could be operating on a loss. And before we used to check uh, monthly or weekly, but now it's even daily because this is a, you make it or you die. A lot of restaurants have closed already, you know, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. And so, this is my advice, you know, work out how much you would make on that day and don't open unless you have an event or a special request or something like that. And also there is this thing of having new revenue streams. Some people are doing dailies at the restaurant. They sell like basic ingredients. Um, a lot of people are using delivery operators, like, uh, you know, to deliver their food to other to, to homes, but you need to be very aware that, you know, they get a commission of 25 or 30%, so you need to do the numbers as well before you start working with these operators. Paying. Exactly. So that is another thing. Um, I think that we are, we are living in, in a time where uh, we need to review every... Yeah, almost every day, you know, for example. Every day. Right right now is the euros, uh, you know. And so what does that mean? For pubs, fantastic. Most of them have like the big screen, but for restaurants, you know, what do you do? You forecast your sales are going to go down and you you reduce hours or give holidays to your team on certain days because you know you're not going to have uh, so much business. So, and you can see it because you can see how many 
uh, bookings you have for the for this weekend, and you will be able to see. Oh, it's you know, it's a bit low if you compare with last week. So yeah, and and you unless you know you know that when it when it's going to rain or when it's very cold or when it's very sunny, people don't want to go to a restaurant; they want to go to the park. So it's many things to take into account, and they're just like little adjustments. So what I would say is like. You know, know your numbers, adjust your operations so the numbers work, and and, and best of luck. <laughs> that is a beautiful summary, and I want to emphasize on this because probably people do get overwhelmed with numbers, not only because. Um, Well, they've always been important, but like you said, right now, it's something that you have to check on a daily basis and you need to adapt on a daily basis because it is tough out there. And if you don't, then you'll die like many others have. So I know you you have an app. <laughs> so I was going to say, which other tool? <laughs> technology, like technology is our friend, basically. And there are tools that people can use to make this process simple so that then they can focus on the important things. There are currently, like with all these fintechs, like now apps are very easy to use and help people in their finances. But your app not only helps people, it's not the traditional, I help people with their finances, but you help restaurants with this process as well. Can you explain to us a little bit about what the app does? Yeah, so basically, well, I don't know if I told you about this, but we have integrated artificial intelligence now. So basically, you can uh, take a picture and it just uploads the data of like the amount, the supplier, and the category, like if it's food or drinks or what is it. And basically, yeah. You could do everything that you do in the app with the, in Excel spreadsheet, but because all my chefs used to hate the spreadsheets, I decided to build an app. Um, so basically, you oh yeah, that's how I started. I used to train chefs, and they they would all break my spreadsheets. I didn't know how they could break them if the spreadsheet was protected. So so that's how I identified that there was a need of something simple that you can just add the data in a way that it's very easy and not in a spreadsheet. But then at the end of the week or at the end of the day, Fendel gives you a report and it tells you what is the food cost, what is the staff cost. So it's basically like it takes all the information and shows it to you in a way that you can see these key performance indicators of the restaurant, like the food cost, drink cost, staff cost. So And there is a tracker so you can identify trends and see week by week what is your average spend, how many covers you have, what is the percentage of sales of food and drinks. Because if, for example, you sell um, 50% of food and drinks, that's okay. But if you sell 70% of drinks and 30% of food, your operations are usually easier because it's easier to give you a soft drinks a soft drink or a beer uh, than producing a dish of food. So you, yeah. know, so you will have all this data and you just pull out the report and, and the app uh, put all, all the information together so you can see it in an easy way. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful way to simplify the process. Yeah, I mean, that was the idea. I wanted something that my chefs, like the people that I've worked with for, you know, for all these years could understand and that they liked. Um, I mean, so far, um, some of my friends started to taste it uh, five years ago. <laughs> and since then, they're like, uh, uh, they, they love it, you know, and I told them, you know, you're never going to pay for the app because um, I'm so grateful that you helped me test it. And he's like, no, nobody, if you, if you want to, do, if you want, we can pay, but I want to use it. Don't take it away. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> don't worry. It's just like, uh, I'm very happy that it's useful for them. And they, because that, that was the whole idea to help the independent because big groups have a central office with someone that they will be inputting there, that will be, you know, they will have, Big systems, but these systems are very expensive um, for an independent restaurant. Um, I mean, I don't think <clears throat> I will be rich with um, Pendula, but I think I will be very happy, which is my aim. Happy. Um, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's great. Our mission is to help independents. Yes, I can see that. And and it seems like you have a lot of experience, ex exactly years of experience working with them. Therefore, it's very easy for you to highlight what are the mistakes and how to fix them. Yeah, because, so, because the same mistakes happen in all restaurants, eh? Yes. Um, and then yeah, and there are people exactly. that tell me like, oh, but how do you know we do that? And I'm like, well, because I've seen it before. And many things exactly. are the same in many restaurants because it just happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so if yeah, you ask about technology, the other, so where can yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, no, like uh, there are other technology out there. There are um, software that do like a rotor planner. I think that there are also softwares out there. Some softwares give you too much information and they're very expensive. So, you know, but even an EPO system, which is the point of sale, uh, they give you good information about what is your best seller. Um, I do this exercise with chefs and say, what are your best uh, sellers? Um, give me the order. Um, they, they never get them right. Like I say, like give me the five, and they or they get the order wrong, or because it's good to have a you know a report that you can download and say, okay, these are my best sellers, and I need to keep these ones, and uh, this one is good sell. Like it could be a very good seller, and sometimes you have to kill it because you realize that that dish is not profitable, but you realize later, so you have to or change the dish. Or change the price. Or just replace. Or kill it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of science and thinking behind running a food business. It is. It is. I think that people yes. are very naive when they go out like, I love cooking. I'm going to open a restaurant. <laughs> but it's a bit more, it's more complicated, but I feel like yeah. you are organized. It, it can be done. It's just like there are some basics like, that you need to know. 
Yes, and I think we covered a lot in this session. So if you are listening, then it's important for you to, and and you run a, a food business, of course, then it's important to kind of go back through these and then find one or two things that you're like, yeah, I think I need to work on that and then implement those. Otherwise, it's just listening to a nice chat. But if you take the good takeaways, then it's a useful uh, use of your time, actually. Thank you so much, Pilar. Uh, so where can we find you? Where can we download the ebook and the app? So the ebook, um, you can go to www.penduloforest.com and you will be able to, you will get a pop-up actually and, and then it will ask you if you want to download it. Um, so I think it has like 50 pages of advice. <laughs> I think I, I, okay. I went a bit into, into detail. Um, the app is an online app. Um, there is a free trial for 30 days. But I would suggest um, okay. people to actually book a demo because it's easier to explain and also to see uh, what's the best way of making the most out of the app. Um, because the app is an online app, so it's uh, you don't really mm -hmm. download it; it's online. So you can have it on your. It's online, yeah. yeah you can have it uh, on your phone as a, a direct login. Um, but I, yeah. I would suggest that they book an appointment because then it's easier to identify how they can make the best out of it and, and what are the areas because sometimes Perfect. they don't know what's the area that they need to improve. Mm, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been super insightful, like super insightful how running a business or a food business in this case, it is about the numbers. It is not just about the passion. Passion is important, but it is about the numbers. Money is important. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Pila. Well, thank you very much for having me. And it's very nice to chat to you every time. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Speak to you soon again next week, I hope. And uh, have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.